everyone. Welcome to Chisme con Corazón with Cristal Vanessa Perez and Fabiola Salazar. Chisme con Corazón is a collection of stories from the mujeres in our lives. We've inherited the art of storytelling from our ancestors, and this podcast is a preservation of the lessons behind the stories. We're linking up with powerful Latinas, sharing our light and building our community. Join us as we lean into each other's magic. Sisterhood, cultura, and storytelling captured in a podcast. Recordando que hay fuerza en nuestras historias. Chisme con Corazón. You are officially our first guest. Yeah. How do you feel? Nervous. Nervous. Yes, it's nervous, but it's okay. So much of what has been created in the last year sort of came about in, in your house. And so as, as your homeowner, we thought you should get a chance to, to be on the podcast and share your story. So, um, but before we dig into that, I want to hear about your story. So, my name, my, again, my government name is <laughs> Jessica, but people call me Liz. So, I was born in Mexico. I am the oldest of three sisters. Our parents were born in the same town. They met in the same town. They got married in the same town. I was raised here in Chicago, so we came when I was five, and I kind of grew up here in Chicago. Went to Brooks High School, and then graduated from DePaul University. And now I work with high school students. I've had my dream job, so I guess it was my first job. And then I'm still in it. Um, about three years ago, we bought this house. Like you said, a lot of things have happened in this house, a lot of good things. Um, and it's essentially my dream house. So I have my dream job, I have my dream house, and I'm living my best life. So I'm very happy. Hey, I know. <laughs> um, so how old are you? I don't know. I, oh, I forget. I'm apparently 32, 32. But I tell everyone I'm 25. So 32 years old, dream house, mm -hmm. dream job. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, many of us are trying to figure out what are next steps and like what to do. So what mm -hmm. do you think is a secret to having found all those dream things? So when I was at DePaul, I'll start off with the career part of it. I was at DePaul and I thought I was going to be an accountant because I was really quiet. I was like, I'm going to be an accountant. This is perfect. My dad's accountant, only work tax season, and that was it. And I was like, you know what? This man's making a bunch of money. This is what I'm going to do. That man is in jail now, so don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I think I took all my statistic classes, all my calculus classes, and did really well. And by the time I had to sign up for my econ classes, I opened up the book and I was like, this is not it. So I quit that. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I want to be like my third grade bilingual education teacher, Ms. Velasquez. And I was like, she loved kids. I love kids. I thought I did. I like like little kids. I don't. Um, I was like, this is I don't is like everyone else. I don't. I, I like the grown kids. I don't like the little kids. They have too much energy. Um, so then I was like, you know what? I'll be a bilingual education teacher. DePaul did not have bilingual education. They just had general education. And I was like, you know what? That's not kind of what I want to do. So then um, at that time, I was taking political science classes and I was like, I wanted to take an immigration law class. But the only way I could take that immigration law class was to minor in public law slash political theory. So I started taking classes. I was like, that's it. And then I started taking psychology classes. And I was like, this is an easy major. I don't have to do an internship. None of it. In and out. In and out. Easy so way out. basically, I was like, I'm kind of good at this. Let's just kind of keep going with it. So up until the day of graduation, I thought I was going to law school. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. It's going to be great. I didn't look for a job. I graduated. I was like, we're going to figure it out. Um, one of my bosses was like, hey, you should apply to this job. It's a nonprofit organization that works with high school students. They're doing research. Um, I remember I applied. I had a phone interview. And I remember I bought a one-way ticket to Mexico. I was like, I'm going to go hang out with my grandparents. We're going to live our best lives. And if I get a job, I'll come back or I'll figure out what I'm going to do. So I, before I left, I think I left on a Thursday, the day before. So it was Wednesday. I had an in-person interview mm -hmm. and they said, we'll call you. So I got on the plane. I was there for a month and they called me. They're like, we need you to come back. You got the job. I left and I came here. And so I was assigned to two high schools to basically advise them on what's a good match in terms of academics. So these were kids who had a 3.0 GPA and a 20 ACT. So to try to, to get to get them to match to more selective universities. So I did that for two years, loved it. And then my principal at one of the schools was like, hey, what are you doing? Your contract has ended. 
um, because they wanted me to go to New York. And I was like, no, I like Chicago. This is where my roots are at. So I turned down the New York job and he was like, do you want to stay? And I was like, yeah. So he hired me full time Mm -hmm. and I've been there since then. So look at the universe work. (laughs) Yes. You hopped around and you are so happy out here. And I love it. It's it's literally my perfect job. I love the kids. I love the staff that I work with. And it's I'm literally living my best life. Don't tell my employer, but I would totally do it for free. But don't and tell that's them. the goal, though. Yeah, like, that you're is the goal. Something that you would do for free. Yeah, yeah. And I love it more than anything. It this calendar schedule gives me a chance to travel and still see who I need to see. So my grandparents, I love to go see them. So it gives me that flexibility and it gives me time to de-stress. I'm like the universe sometimes just works in wonderful ways, which is a second part of the dream part, which is this yeah. house. Uh huh. So, oh yes, let's take it to the house. So, I like how we were both so. Much I know that <laughs> transition. Oh, wow. No, and I literally like the the thing about it. The thing that I like about my job is that I see the growth of the students. So I mainly work with them during their senior year, but I like to tell them like they transition so much and grow so much from the beginning of the senior year to the end. They're completely different people and they don't realize it. Yeah. And then there's another transition by the time they actually enroll in school. And when I see them a year later, I'm like. This is not how you were as a senior. So uh-huh. I love to see that growth. But back to this house. Yeah. So so what was the serendipity behind the house? So this house, well, I have to backtrack like seven years. So when I graduated from DePaul, the one thing my dad told me, even in high school, was like, you don't buy a car before you buy a house. He said, wow. you buy a house first, then you get a car. He didn't tell me that. Oh, well. You missed <laughs> I the thought memo. I was his daughter, too. <laughs> I guess not. You missed the memo. I think it was memo 303. <laughs> um, so he told me, he's like, you buy a house because that's where you have an investment. It's you're, it's never going to lose money. And then you buy a car because he says as soon as you drive a car off the lot, it is worth a lot less than what you paid for it. So you sort of had this like financial understanding. Like Someone was sort of telling you this is, this is how yes. life works. And my dad, from he bought our house when... So he bought the first house we lived in in South Chicago, paid for cash. They sold it, bought the second house that we lived in growing up, paid cash for it. Obviously, I was not going to be able to do that. Um, so I searched for seven years for a house. Mm-hmm. I was well-versed in the neighborhood. Uh-huh. So well, well-versed. You ask me about any house, I know what it looks like. I got fired. Well, I fired a couple realtors. They fired me because I couldn't commit to houses. Uh-huh. I always had a vision of a house that I wanted and all that. What what was that vision? In the east side, most houses are bungalows. So they're a thousand square feet. That's what I grew up seeing. And I was like, that's not what I want. Mm. I want something that's completely different. So our house didn't have a dining room. I said, we need to have a dining room. Our kitchen wasn't very big. I said, we need to have a big kitchen. I want to have two floors. I want to have the big staircase going upstairs. I want to have multiple bathrooms, which we had multiple bathrooms. But I was like, you know what? That just seems like a cool thing to have. Um, <laughs> like, this is the dream house. Let's go yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, loan stuff, a lot of, like, house stuff, property taxes, all kinds of things. Like, it was a lot of stuff that I learned through those seven years. Um, and eventually, I walked away from a couple houses because I have commitment issues. So, mm-hmm. I would find a house and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's kind of nice. And then I, I talk myself out of it. And then, I mean, it's not. <laughs> I mean, getting a house is a huge commitment. But that yeah. also matches your personality very yeah. much. Yeah. So. Um, but so I was my own realtor for a long time, um, and so I had people helping me. And like I said, I was looking at a lot of houses, and so this one in particular. Um, so my parents walked by. It was in February of 2018. They walk by the house. They're like, you know, it's interesting. The house is for sale. And I remember I texted my friend who's a realtor. And I was like, hey, can you give me information on this house? He's like, you know what? It's not on the market. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't see it in the system. I don't see it in the system. Like, it might be, it might not. So I literally watched it from February to maybe like April. And April finally came on sale. It was uh, auction literally an auction um, property. What's a website for Auction. all the <laughs> Auction.com sponsor us. So it was literally like... So how how is... Because um, I think this is really important, right? For, mm-hmm. for everyone to know. How does it differ buying a house through auction.com versus like a conventional, for example, loan So when sale? you're doing a normal purchase, you typically have a realtor. He gives you a tour of the house. You see it. You get an inspection, all this stuff. With auction.com, you do not get to go into the house. 
You are literally going off of the pictures that auction.com has, uh-huh. hoping that they're up to date. Um, you get like a very generic report of the property. Um, you have to do your due diligence. Everything's as is. Mm-hmm. So I was not necessarily worried about it. What broke my heart was that it was a cash only purchase. And I was like, I don't have this kind of money. And it doesn't tell you kind of, this is what we're asking for. They say the bidding starts at $10,000. We have a reserve. You don't know what that reserve. So that's our bottom line. And then you bid. So what I learned about this process is that until you hit that reserve or their bottom line, auction.com is bidding against you. So it's like eBay.com, basically. So I'm sitting there. So I remember um, I told my parents, like, I can't make this happen. Like, I don't have that kind of money. So my parents were like, you know what? Let's get all this money together. I called my sister. So I called Fabi. And I was like, Fabi, I found my dream house. I can't afford it. And she's like, don't let money be the reason why you don't buy it. And she was like, always there with the Exactly. She's yeah. like, let's make it happen. So I don't know how she did it, but she's like, we're going to figure out how we're going to do this. And we were able to pull the money together. So the, and I, I remember I was um, in New York at that time and I, I just got out of grocery, getting like some groceries mm-hmm. by my apartment and Liz calls me and like, I, I mean, I, I had been not at home, so mm-hmm. I don't think I really understood the extent and the mm-hmm. amount of like people that had gotten fired through your realtor search or like the amount of hours you were spending, yeah. but I just knew that you were spending a lot of time mm-hmm. and that you had been looking for like years, years right? And so you called me and you were like, I found my dream home, but mm-hmm. I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, coming from finance, I was like, don't let that stop you. Yeah. People find right. investors and get it. So right. I was like, honestly, Liz is one of, I think I can say one of the smartest people I know, very thoughtful. And so mm-hmm. for her to come and make that ask, like without a doubt, I was like, I'll support And that you. wasn't the intention of the call. The intention mm-hmm. was to tell her like, my heart is breaking, it's in pieces. I can't afford this house. Yeah. And Fabio was like, oh, you don't worry about that. We'll find it. And so I was like, okay. Fabio, so, so yes. I was like, thank you. you. Hold it down. So it just, it just brought joy to my heart. So then I was like, okay. So I got and the guys, feeling, like, that is how I became her tenant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> basically. That um, explains why we're in the house. Basically, yeah. yes. So then um, we had the money, but then there was still like, um, because it had been foreclosed on, there are liens on properties. So basically, there was a lien on the house. I had to learn what liens meant. I had to look look at the title. I had to understand kind of what was happening with this house. Um, my biggest worry was that those liens were going to stay with the house. And I was still going to owe these people, but I still owed the property. I owned the property. So I still, you know, it was just a lot of stuff. So, okay. so you basically brought the seven years of real estate experience into this and i learned one transaction yes i was like what is a lien i don't even know what a lien is never heard of that before so i learned about the cook county recorder of deeds you can find a lot of stuff on there i learned a lot of things and it was literally the i found an attorney and i was like i need you to help me understand all this like i just need you to tell me i'm gonna get a clear title and that's all i need to know i get a clear title i'm moving forward and kind of thing so he was like yes you'll get a clear title auction.com has to give you a clear title so i was like okay cool so then um, I remember the day before I was watching the bidding. So again, it started at $10,000. The night before it was already 90000 And my top, I remember, was like 105. Yeah, I remember you told yeah. me what is my maximum. And I was like, uh, this yeah. is a maximum? Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, so and then, then you, you went over that maximum. Very much so. So it was, I remember I had to proctor an AP exam the next day. And I told my, my, my department chair, I was like, look. Tomorrow's going to be a very anxious day. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not coming. I'll come after, like, this whole thing happens. How long is the option open for? Two days. Oh, okay. Two so days. you're literally entering the second day. Yes. Yeah, so, my... So, what I learned through this whole process, you know, because it's a lot of, like, learning. So, I didn't realize that when you bid and it doesn't hit the reserve, auction.com bids against you. So, if I bid $10,000, they will bid $20,000. And then if I bid thirty thousand, they bid forty thousand. So they're always it goes by increments. So at the beginning it goes up by ten thousand. Once you start getting closer to their reserve price, then it goes to five thousand. Then it goes to a thousand, and then to five hundred. So I was just kept seeing like this thing go up. 
So then I was like, I need to keep track of the bidders. I don't know how many bidders there are. So I was like staring at that thing. I was like, is it just me bidding? Is it like auction.com bidding? Are you bidding against yourself? Yes, basically, I'm like, am I be like, what am I doing? So I'm like trying to monitor this thing. I didn't sleep the whole night because I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is a lot of money. I'm playing with other people's money. Because I was like, what if like I'm making a mistake? I have not seen the the inside of this house. I've just literally seen the outside. The blinds are closed. That's all I'm seeing. So then um, the day of the bidding came and I got up and I stayed home because I told my parents, I was like, I just need you guys here. And I discussed with my dad. I was like, okay, what's my top? And he gave me a number different from what we had discussed. I was like, okay, for real, what is my top? And I was like, because that's not going to work. So we discussed the number. And so we're like bidding and bidding and we hit the reserve. So once we hit the reserve, then auction.com stops bidding against you. But somebody else is still bidding. And yeah. I was like, holy crap, there's somebody else. So we're going like. Is it announced? Like, all right, you hit the reserve. Because suddenly. like It turns you... green. So oh, it says okay. reserve met or something like that. So okay. you're like, you're you're about to have a heart attack. Your like, heart is beating to like probably a number shouldn't be beating. Because now you know that it's actually going to go to whoever's bidding. Right. Like, so you really... know that it's just you and another person. Mm-hmm. And they're clearly in it because they keep going up. And so at this point, it's going up by like $1,000. So we're at this number. They bid, I bid, they bid, I bid. And I was like, this is way over what we had talked. So my dad's next to me. I'm like, can we go a little bit higher? He's like, look, this is your top of the top. And that is it. So I remember the number was um, one. It was like 120, 121. They went 122. Wait. And then while you're bidding, by the way, there's also a, a time, timer. A yes. timer in the so background. So it says, it's like, oh, there's a minute left. So then they That's bid. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, can't you just wait till the very no. last minute? No, you wait. Minute. So like, let's say there's 10 seconds left, right? So let's say you bid. And I'm like, I'm going to wait till the very last second. And then I bid. It'll give me another minute. So then uh, you wait till the last minute. And then you bid again. And we're sitting there torturing ourselves wow. for all these minutes. So you're like already like 30 minutes past whatever time they said the bidding was done. So I remember that they went, yes, you're like, stop it. Like run out of money. Because this is one of the things, and I've gone on the website and I have entered like processes. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten anything actually. It's number one, it's like tricky Mm because some properties start at like a dollar. Literally, you can go on auction.com. You will find property listed a dollar. And then you'll see like a reserve price at $100,000. So in your head, it's kind of like, why don't you guys just But that's if you see the start... reserve price, though. Yeah. Because for the majority of the properties, you cannot see the reserve price. So you kind of, you're hoping that, because I remember I was hoping it, like, it was, like, at 90000 Yeah. It was nowhere near 90000 So for some of them, you don't. But the second factor is that, like, right at the end of the actual auction, mm-hmm. they will, like, keep extending the time. Right. So it'll say, like, ending in 24 hours. And then it'll be the like the last ten minutes, and they'll keep extending the time. So you're right. sort of there bidding. Yeah. You don't know when the timer is gonna end, and you also don't know when the other person's gonna get tired. So it's like mm-hmm. that's one of the bad things about auction.com. It has a lot of clearly they're trying to maximize for the right. seller, right? And you kind of get screwed over if you if you don't understand that. I'm like so amazed. It's, it's like literally like eBay.com. It like, literally it feels is. like I bought my house on eBay.com. You can register with name and email address. Yes. No proof of funds, nothing. No. Once we hit the reserve, then I'm trying to remember like how I ended up at this number. But it was like they went 120, I went 121, they went 122, I went 123. So then I was like, you know, psychology taught me that they're probably going to go 124. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to wait, I'm going to put 125, 777. So my favorite number is 7. So I went 125, 777, and we were like, that is it. Like, we're not going to go anything higher than that. So I literally waited till the last second I submitted it, and it was literally like, it was two minutes because for some reason they extended it to two minutes. So we're like literally sitting there because during this whole thing, the other timers that, you know, time out, you think you got it. Yeah. Because you literally think you got it because they're like, you are the highest bid. And then they bid against you. So then it extends more time. So then I was waiting for the like somebody else outbid you and it said you won. And I was like, holy <laughs> Crash. You have a house. You have a house. I was like, what did I do? I was I literally my mom was like, you need to lay down. You're pale. And I was like, how did it feel? Like I was gonna faint. 
because I was like, I just bid money on a house that I have not seen on the inside. Like, nothing. Mm-hmm. This thing could just be literally brick and nothing on the inside. Talk about gambling. Yeah, I'm not a gambler. Um, She's not. I'm She's not, not a gambler, gambler at all. Way. So then I still went to go proctor my AP exam. And um, my friend helped me through the whole entire thing. He First of all, can we talk about the fact that you bought a house? <laughs> and then still went to work. Had a panic attack. Yes. Still put your girl, big girl panties sure on. Sure did. Went, went to go to proctor work. an exam. <laughs> and my hands were shaking the whole entire time. Because now auction.com is like you have 24 hours to basically show us you have the money. You have to tell us like title stuff. You have to tell us if you want title insurance. Do you want all these things? And I was like, I don't know. Like, do I want any of these things? So I'm calling the attorney. He's calling me while I'm proctoring an exam. And I'm like, okay, give me a few seconds. Everybody's like trying to help me out. And I figure it out. And so basically they give me a date. They're like, send us the money. This is where you're going to wire it. In a month, we got the house. Um, but when I closed, so I signed my name on the dotted line. They still didn't give me the keys. Mm. And I was like, when are you guys going to give me the keys? You already have That's the money. It's strange. You just you, wired money. Yeah. Are you dealing with any like person person or everything's online through the trust? It was the all website? phone. It's all phone. So the only people I met were, I, I met the attorney at the closing. So where I basically got my title. I thought you were going to say at a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is back when they were still doing closings, like at an office. In person. In person. And they were like, oh my God, you bought a house. And I was like, yeah, I'm poor now. Um, so I remember I was expecting to get the keys. So I told my parents, we are going to the house. Do not go into the house without me. And they're like, oh, we're trying to find the code because it was in a key box. And they were like, we're trying to find it, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, two, three days pass, and I called the attorney. I'm like, you need to get a hold of them. Like, mm-hmm. they have my money. Why don't I have my keys? And by the way, when you sent, for those who don't know, when you send a wire. There's no going back. There's no going back. The, the money's gone. It's, yes. You can't cancel it. You can't get it back. You can't it's be gone. like Cash App cancel or no, like Venmo cancel. No, it's that money's gone. It's gone. So um, if you don't have keys, something's wrong. Yeah. So then I was like, what am I going to do? And so auction.com was like, JK, we don't have a code. You can break in. And so I remember that I called. Exactly the house <laughs> that's, I yeah, but I was like, maybe they'll like sue me or something, but like trespassing on your own property or something. Because yeah. I was expecting like they give you keys Key, or something. Like a regular Like here, closing. this is official. This is your house. You like, wanted to take the picture yes, with the <laughs> Not even. I was like, I just want to see what it looks like on the inside. Yeah. I li- that was my biggest thing. And so I remember the day that they basically gave me the go-ahead. I was at work and I sped home and I called my parents, wait for me. Do not go in that house without me. What did they do? I get here and they're inside. And my mom is like, oh my God, this is worse than what I thought. And so I thought like there's holes in the wall. There's like graffiti. Like there's like no floors. floors. missing. Like I basically got brick. So that's what I thought. I walk in and I was like, it's beautiful. (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, this is great. And so... So what what did you see when you first walked in? Because I I, rem- I heard it uh, obviously from other people from mm-hmm. my dad specifically, yeah. but I heard he found like a ant also, pets forgotten pets. Oh, there pictures? were. Uh, you can, Not right you now. can Google it. The yeah. pictures are still there. So if you Google it, you'll see the original like layout of the house because it's not the layout that is present now. It's not how it originally looked. But what he found were like cats. So cats were like breaking into the house and we couldn't figure out how and they were literally just like living here. And to this day, I don't know how they got in the house. What so, else did you find? What else did I find? There was graffiti. There was definitely oh, markings the on the wall. Yeah, so in the basement, apparently the old owner did not like their ex-wife. And um, there was a couple of not-so-nice not things that they wrote about their ex-wife. And so I was like, okay. Um, but no, other than that, it wasn't like, obviously you had to like redo like plumbing and stuff like that because the house had been empty for some time. But, like, if I really wanted to, I could have just cleaned it up and moved in. But I'm not that kind of person. I was like, we're not going to do that. So you're a homeowner, right? Mm-hmm. You have the house. Mm-hmm. And now, so you just gave up all your money, right, to buy yeah. the house. So I had to go to the bank. Exactly. So yes. I guess you, you took my advice and you were like, money is not an object. Let me go no. figure out so how to get it. So then I went to the bank and I was like, look, bank. I need some money. I paid off my house. I need to take out money on it. I need a home equity loan. And they're like, perfect. We'll give you the money. So I got the money. I paid back my investors. And I was like, thank you so much for your contribution. Um, I'm so amazed by Fabiola's brain. I'm amazed by that. Wow. Yeah, they literally, they were like, oh, yeah, how much do you want? And so when 
I so there's a couple of things that I learned through that process too. Um, so there are home equity lines of credits, and then there's home equity loans. So line of credit has variable interest, so you can start off like at a three percent, but you can go as high as ten. Um, and then there's the home equity loan, home equity loan, which is what I got, which is a fixed interest. It's kind of like a regular loan. So you can get it for 15 years, 30 years. I was like, you know, I want to be done. The interest rate does not It does not change. move. So it doesn't change. It's a fixed interest rate. So then I was like, you know what? That's a, what I want. That's a safe thing. I'll be dumping it off when I'm 45. And I was like, that's perfect. I'll be free and clear. Um, so then we got the money. And so the funny thing is um, my banker, she was like, we're going to do an appraisal. Like, when can we go in? And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like... Yeah, she's like, we have to go in. And I was like, can you please not go in? Like, my dad already destroyed it. Because <laughs> we had we came in, and I had told my dad, like, look, we need to knock down this wall. We're going to basically gut the place, and we're going to start over. I already had a vision kind of what I wanted. And so we started, since we didn't really have money to start fixing it, the first thing to do was demo. So my dad just started with demoing the bejesus out of the house. And we all literally just had studs in the kitchen um, and in the dining room. And so then when she tells me, she's like, oh, she's like, I'll pretend you didn't tell me that. She's like, we'll just do like a regular drive-by or whatever. Why Why is it important? So for those of us who don't know, why would she not be happy that you knocked down walls in the house that you own? Because a bank wanted to secure their money. So if I were to not pay them, they could not tell my house as is. So me having not a kitchen, not a dining room, bathroom gone, they weren't able to secure their loan. So yeah. that's why we were like, please do not come in the house. But also the fact that Homegirl knew that and was yeah. like, you know what? Yes, basically. Yes. So she she was amazing. And to this day, I still go back to her. We're BFFs. And we discuss like kitchen stuff, house stuff. So yeah, she told me, she's like, thank God we're not recording any of these things because, you know, I would <laughs> not be able to give you any of this. Uh-huh. I will not tell you what bank she works for, but she's amazing. No. She yeah. knows who she is. Um, so basically we had a budget. They appraised the house lower than what I thought because in my heart it was worth like a million dollars, but not according to the bank. So then my budget kind of shrunk and I was like, well, you know what? We got to do what we got to do. Um, so my dad did a majority of the work. We rehab basically the whole entire first floor. So the kitchen is, we got rid of the wall that separated the dining room and the kitchen, made the kitchen huge. I wanted like a seven foot island. Everybody thought I was crazy. Um, they were like, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. They were like, it is too big. Like, it's not going to fit. I wanted double ovens. And everybody's like, what do you want double ovens for? I was like, I don't know. Maybe one day I want double ovens. <laughs> for Thanksgiving, that is honestly the only reason. Because I was like, you can put two turkeys in the oven at the same time. And you don't have to worry about taking one in, taking the other one out. You can put a turkey, then bake. I was like, multitasking. Mm. Um. So... We basically, I got my seven-foot island against everybody's wishes because yeah. I think we saw it at Menards, me and my dad, because that was our favorite store, Menards, Home Depot, and all these stores. Um, we went and we saw it and we were like, that is a kitchen island. So essentially this house was like my dream house created by my dad. I basically, I would give him like five. I was like, I really want this. He'd be like, you're crazy. That's not going to work. And then somehow I'd come home and it was done. So he made sure that everything in that house was done to how I wanted it. If he didn't know how to do something, he figured it out. He befriended a bunch of people. And it was just, I mean, it was like a project of love. And so that's why this is like literally like my dream house. It was so beautiful. <laughs> uh, our puppies are so perfect. I know they, they are. are. So perfect. They are. And he, to this day, he still comes and he's like, okay, let me fix this. Like I had this past summer, Bats. literally, um, he was. they were in Mexico for about six months because of the pandemic. And so I was like, I want a balcony in my top, and because I have a balcony above my garage, and which I discovered after I bought. I didn't know I had a balcony. <laughs> and so um, I was like, we need a balcony up there. And so he kind of ran the project from Mexico. Wow, that yeah. makes so much sense. I thought the balcony was on top of the kitchen. No, it's on top, the the on top of the garage. Yes, so okay. my bedroom. Yeah, it's right here. Sorry, and then that's, that's me having thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> no, literally. And so we fixed. Um, so then that got done while he was in here and he came home and he was bored out of his mind. And then he's like, let's remodel the sun porch. And I was like, but I'm broke. He's like, you know, what? we'll make it happen. You know, I'm going to do this. So he helped me remodel that. He remodeled the garage. The only thing I have left is a, is a basement. But I try to, like, leave projects so he has something to do over the summer. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, he's he's always fixing things. Yeah. 
Yeah, shout out to my dad. It was, on this past Friday, was it when it was nice? Mm-hmm. The weather was nice? He literally shows up. I don't, I think I heard him come in through the front door because, by the way, he has keys, obviously. Yes. And the next thing I know, he's like up on the roof. I get a message from my younger sister from Glady, and she's like, why is dad on the <laughs> rooftop? I didn't even know this, but somehow he like, he saw, tied a rope yeah, around he, his he like oh he needed God. to fix something on the roof. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like no one there. Right? Can so. you tell someone so we can spot you? I know. No, this man gets up on the ladder. I saw him go up um, with the leaf blower, but usually he's like, hey, can somebody come with me? But I think I was working. We were both working, and so Gladie comes in and she's like, did you know Dad's on the roof with the leaf blower? And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, no, so I do So I not. go out there, and I can't see him because I go out through the balcony. I'm on the other side, and I'm like, where is he at? And she's like, he's on the other side. So I go, and I'm looking at him, and he's literally walking in a circle. So he tied himself to a rope oh, around the chimney, and he's going around in a circle cleaning the gutters. Yeah. This is terrible, terrible. Don't. This is not. This is not a suggestion for not people to get on the roof. Yeah, not at all. Like, don't do that. No, but that's you know. That's well, my dad. You got the dream house mm-hmm. remodeled, it, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. How is it being a homeowner and landlord, technically? Yeah, because at this point you're three years in, and yeah. like we talked about you getting it, and like mm-hmm. the whole love process mm-hmm. project part. So like now that you're in it. It's wonderful to come home. Um, when I I was just in Mexico for a month. Yeah, like a month. And I came home and I was like, oh my God, this is my house. She it's does. Still, literally. She literally walks in. She's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the house is so beautiful. It's like, true. Like literally. And she's not even faking it. Like <laughs> it's her. Like that yeah. makes me so happy. No, like for the, I still say for the first time, and I'm still in year three, I walk by the house and I'm like, oh my God, that's my house. Because I'm so amazed at the fact like this is our house. Um, eventually, there's a couple of things I want to do to this house, but I think majority of it is done. It's financially, I don't think I'm back at where I was before just because it was, I went way over my budget, like way over it. Um, and so trying to pay off all of that, but I have no regrets about it. Um being a landlord is great. It's my sister. Could I be a <laughs> landlord to somebody else? Probably not. Um, so I the, tried to pitch her on Airbnb another yeah, part of the house. No, she no. shut me down. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's been a wonderful experience. And so, like, Fabi has been out of the house she, since she graduated. So, this is, I feel like I'm learning my sister again. Because we're, like, in different stages of our lives again. So, we're, like, it's been really good. I've learned a lot of things because I've never lived by myself. And so, like, I have somebody who led me through the whole entire process. And we used to get in a lot of fights at the beginning. Like, big fights. (laughs) Like, I had OCD and stuff about cleaning. Like, a lot of OCD. She'd be like, well, that's not how it works when you have a roommate. And I'm like, well, I don't have a roommate. I have a sister. So, (laughs) suck it up. You're going to have to deal with it. Exactly. Well, I was just like, this is not... This is not how it works. Like, I'm your roommate. I'm not your sister. You're my sister. I don't you care. You would never treat a roommate like this. There are and limits or boundaries. Like, I'm used to roommates. <laughs> yes. Sister. Well, I'm like, suck it up, buttercup. You're my sister, so you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. So there were a couple fights and stuff. There still are. Um, but it's been really different being at home now all the time with the whole mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, I, like, I feel like I'm taking for granted because I had that separation of church and state in terms of my work and then here actually being able to enjoy it. So now I'm getting better at it where the office is just work and then the other part of the house is, you know, enjoyment. Um, But I'm looking forward to opening up the balcony and having the fire pit. I got that this year or last year. Um, So I'm, I'm excited about what's to come. Thank you for sharing, first of all, like your journey, it, it's really impressive. Um, I guess my last question around the topic of, of the house, mm-hmm. and then I'd love to dive into like you outside of the house, mm-hmm. is what, what does having a house mean for you, right? You're a Latina, you're 32. Mm-hmm. From my social circle, I basically know you and one other friend who are actually mm-hmm. homeowners. Mm-hmm. So what does it feel to be a Latina and, and achieve the American dream, if you will? To me, as weird as it sounds, it doesn't seem like it's a dream because my dad had it. So, like, mm-hmm. my dad has a home that he paid off. 
And so it was like, it was an expectation, just like graduating from high school was an expectation. Graduating from college was an expectation. Getting a job was an expectation. So am I proud of it? Yes. I'll be proud of it when I'm 45 and I'm done paying paying (laughs) off. But more than anything, I feel like I have generational wealth. Uh, my parents have provided us with that generational wealth. Um, and so I think it's just adding to it. Now I understand the value of having a property in terms of how many more doors it can open. So like when we want to buy another house, I can borrow against this one. And so in terms of equity, when I bought this house, I think it was worth, let's say $100,000. Now, according to my numbers and how stuff is selling, I think it's at least double or triple of that. So I think that that's, it's a huge thing because if one that's day I want to, right, that's, yeah. that's doubling my money in three years. So like if I want to buy a house or property or I want to knock down, build a third floor or whatever I want to do, this asset is going to give me that. If I want to pay for my kid's college and I want to borrow against it, like I can do that. If I get whatever expense I have, I have this kind of invisible pot of money that I can tap in, into at any time. So it's, it goes back to what my dad said, buy a house first, then a car. Yeah. Everything that I see, I touch, I, you know, I see where it came from. I remember where it started. And so that's kind of like how my life's journey is. It's, I've seen it from the beginning and kind of where it's at now. So it's beautiful. I've never heard you be so like cute. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but yeah. also like you just have like the stuff that you actually care about, you're passionate about, mm-hmm. it's just going to be natural. Mm-hmm. And even though I have this house, every day I look at houses. Like, yes. I'm well-versed on what's being sold, what's been, you know, what is on the market, what's coming out on the market. And so my love for that hasn't ended. It's not like I, you know, I found my dream house and I'm done. No, I'm ready for, or I will be ready for, like, the next thing. And so I have ideas of what's next. So it, it's never, it never ends. And I'm always educating myself, kind of seeing what's out there. Yeah, if you want to hear about houses... And, like, get a lay of the land and hit up Jessica. Like, she knows everything yeah. around around houses. I I want to dive a little... And, obviously, I'm your sister. So, I know mm-hmm. I think a lot more than, <laughs> than people do. But um, one of the things that I admire about you, and, and it, it has been kind of a theme in what you said, is that mm-hmm. you're very good about identifying the things that you excel in Mm -hmm. and once you figure out what that thing is so for example Mm -hmm. real estate counseling Mm -hmm. um you sort of focus on it and lean into that Mm -hmm. lean into those strengths Mm -hmm. um and you also have like other things right you have confidence Mm -hmm. i've seen you in your classroom (laughs) so there's like leadership there's like facilitation Mm -hmm. so what do you think has in your life, and this is coming from someone who struggles mm-hmm. on the opposite of what comes easy to you. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think you came up with that ability to just thrive? I think it's being an older sister. You figure it out. Like, literally, it's like, you figure it out. You don't know how to do something. You fake it till you make it. Uh-huh. Um, when I was younger, I think I was afraid of a lot of things. I, even high school, college, I was very afraid of stuff. And I've always really, I never, I never saw that. (laughs) So my job helped me find that voice. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think I was ever this loud, maybe within the family, but not outside of it. Um, and my job taught me that how to, you fake it till you make it. And so like what I tell my students and I tell adults, I'm like, when it comes to my job, I'm the one who knows the most. I'm the professional there. Trial and error, you figure it out. And I think that comes from my dad too, because with this house, everything was trial and error. Like, the one thing I learned about this house is nothing's ever straight. Like, nothing. You'd literally be like, okay, we got it to be straight. You know, it's leveled. And then you look at it and you're like, this crap is not leveled. Like, we have to maneuver something or we have to do something to make it straight, to make it fit. And that's literally life. You try it. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, then you move on. And so just having that mentality of I can't linger on it because I don't have enough brain space for that more than anything. And I've always treated my brain like a USB drive. It only has 30 gigabytes, and if I have 29 gigabytes, I have to figure out what I'm taking out in order to fit the next five gigabytes. So I just don't have time to think about it. Yo, facts, because I treat my brain like the cloud. Yes. I keep getting that notification that says, yo, the cloud is maxed out. You reach maximum. And I ignore it until I decide to bump it up. It still doesn't work out there. No. You you go and pay that premium. You're like, let me upgrade. I know I'm at 30, but I need to go get 500 just having a great support system because I think that that's what's helped out the most 
Um, you guys have been like amazing and everything. Cause I know I couldn't have been done. I couldn't have done what I did without your support. My dad's support, my mom's support, everyone's support, Gladys Gladys support, support. everybody's support. Like literally I'd be Gladys and I used to make like target runs or like home Depot runs, Lowe's runs, home Depot, like all these stores we'd go three, four times and she'd go with me. Um, so it's been a, like a labor of love. Like I said, everything in life has been a labor of love and just kind of supporting everyone through everything. But I blame being the oldest sister. Yeah. Basically. There's something to that for sure. Um, talk to us about like something practical. So like right now we kind of got the 1000 level view, but I want to hear about, and I only say this cause I adopted this year. Some of the things that Liz does what do I do? going back to that, Wait, what do I do? <laughs> going, going back to the, um, limited capacity, 30 gigabytes. Mm-hmm. And I've shared with you and like, even before this, we were talking about my endless to do list and how mm-hmm. that gives me anxiety. What's your, um, how, how do you work? Like your practical tip. Exactly. Like how, how do you work? Cause you have a very unique system. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, what is it that I'm going to do today? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of write down a to-do list. And okay. how, how many things are on this to-do list? Depends on the day. Sometimes it's two, three, sometimes it's five, but like trying to get stuff finished. So I'm very efficient when it comes to stuff. And if I can't figure it out, I'll spend the whole entire day. But at the end of the day, I'm going to figure it out. So there, I think about it. I'm like, okay, so like for Mondays, I have to do this. So I have department meetings on Monday. So I know my mornings are booked. But then I'm like, I have to prepare for Tuesday's senior seminar. So I have to have everything ready. So like it's just because it, my job is kind of step and repeat. It doesn't necessarily change, but yours does. Mm-hmm. Yours kind of depends on who you're working with, what you're doing. Yeah. And and that, by the way, I think is, is really great because I think in going back to that division of church and state, mm-hmm. your method is one of the few that kind of enables you to say, okay, I did these five things. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed to walk away and do, right. do other things. Yeah, because like I, a job won't, I mean, they'll replace you in like two seconds. So... You need to have you time and figuring out what that you time looks like is very, very important to that. So what do you like to do in your you time? What do I like to do in my you Self-care. Time? I don't or for fun. I don't think I define I don't think I have like a self-care thing. I don't define that self-care. Uh-huh. It's called joy. Yeah. It's doing what Liz wants to do. But I have um, discovered cooking. I'm not a cook. Using um, the double ovens. Using the double <laughs> ovens. I'm a baker. I'm definitely a baker. I think that comes from my grandpa. Um, So on my mom's side, we love pan. Like, panaderos, we love all kinds of pan. It's like our weakness. Just put me in a room with pan and conchas and stuff, and I'm happy. Um, The last two years, using the double ovens, I've now taken on baking cakes for the family. Yeah. So that saved us money. Yeah. Because it used to be literally like $50, $60 on a birthday cake. Now I'm like, you know what? I'll do it. Um, and it's fun. It's stressful because I cannot decorate for the life of me. But they taste good. They might not they be the do. prettiest, but they taste very good. They do taste very good. Yeah. Yep. So last year during the pandemic, we so my sisters and I, so Fabi, Gladi, we were like, we're going to each take a week to cook something different. Because our New Year's resolutions were to learn to cook like a, a like recipe. Our traditional a right. Mexican recipes. So um, I was like, let's make birria. And it came out magnificent. So then that's just, and then what else have I made, Biria? You made bolillo. Oh, I made bolillos last week. Yeah, she made bolillos last week. And you this is why. some bolillos with queso and jalapenos? Because I just traveled mm. all around the south side trying to figure out what bakery found it. Gerardo's. Gerardo's has it. No. Oh, they have it out here? No. I was at There's one in Hammond. No, you got to go to Hammond. So next to Tony's um, car shop, right on uh, Holman. Holman and like some street. Um, they have them there. My dad likes them from there. Um, but I had to stop baking because I, it was, we were baking way too much. So I think that that's kind of like my self-care. I enjoy doing that. Um, I love travel. Why should I say love? Yes, I love traveling. What are some of the places you want to go see? So I want to continue exploring beaches in Mexico. I think Mexico is my safe place. Uh-huh. Um, it's your safe place. It is my safe place. Um, also, like, we, I think we grew up, like, you're either at your family's yeah, right, land right. or you're in Cancun. Yeah. And, like, even growing up, at least for me, that wasn't an experience. Exactly. As an adult. And yeah. so, like, realizing now, hey, there's so much of Mexico. Yeah. Because there's a good chunk of time where I told myself, like, don't go to another country. Mm-hmm. Make sure you explore Mexico. Yes. 
before you visit other places, right. you know? Right. So mm-hmm. that you have a better idea of, like, all of this theater. And then you, like, learn about so many people. And it's gotten to the point where I went to Tulum so many times that we started befriending people. Um, but that's, like, my happy place. And so, I, growing up, we didn't go to the beach. My dad was like, the beach is, like, like Michigan. And yeah. I'm like, that's not the beach. Um, so, it, discovering that and kind of seeing what's out there and just, you get a whole different feeling. I was traveling so much and my mom was like, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. She was like, she, sure she, did. she did. She'd be like, not even the rich people are traveling this much. And I'm like, mom, I'm living my best life. Let me live my best life. Um, so the pandemic really shut that down. But, you know, I'm going to get back to it eventually, hopefully soon. But no, I, I think that's great. Um, talk to me about, so mm-hmm. what advice would you give uh, yourself? I would have told myself to find my voice earlier. In high school or like after college? Both. Both. If I would have found it earlier, imagine all the recklessness I could have done. Because I think now that I'm older, it's a recklessness. I wouldn't even call it recklessness. I would call it rebellion. Yes. Because I'm always, I've always been a rule follower and my parents will tell you that. I've always been a rule follower. They tell me no. I sit down. And now I'm like, but why? (laughs) I'm old. Like, I should be able to do this. And. It's out of respect for them, but I kind of know what to fight. My I know what battles to fight, and I still have to ask my parents for permission um, for a couple things, but there yes. are very few things they could tell me no to. Um, <laughs> and don't tell my dad that. Um, but I wish I would have told myself earlier, like, find your voice and use it. Um, and maybe I could have gone to a different university because I think I didn't take advantage of, like, study abroad. I never did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I would have maybe gone to a different university, but then I think... Had I gone to a different university, I wouldn't have met the people and I wouldn't have ended up where I was yeah. meant to. So then, like, me going to another university, is it worth risking my dream job and, like, everything that I have? So definitely my voice because now nobody can shut me up. And the first time I raised my hand was in Juana Gergen's class, and I will never forget that. It was a seminar class, a senior seminar class around Latino. I don't remember what it was. But she's at the only, DePaul? Yes, or? at DePaul. She was the only professor that got me to participate. Like, literally, the only professor, you couldn't shut me up in that class. And I don't remember why, but it just, something about it made me want to talk. And I emailed her afterwards, and I was like, you're the only professor that got me to talk. I wanted to thank you for that. And so I will never forget her name, because I've I've always considered myself shy. Um, But now I I find, like, you set that confidence and just having the ability to fake it till you make it. And it's, once I have it, I'm never letting it go. Yeah. And so even in those moments where I'm scared, I'm like, you better put your big girl panties on and you better figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You better suck it up. And then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And that's it. Yeah. Sometimes for listeners, she walks in the room and she's like, I'm a leader. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure. What power is that? Yeah. So I make wake sure up, you I'm bring like, <laughs> that energy and that confidence because she puts it onto the universe and then it just happens. I, I do. put a post to note on my desk. <laughs> I am a leader. Yeah. Another thing a uh, professor taught me to say, it was a religion class, and one thing that I remember Father Ed used to say, every morning you have to wake up and say, it's going to be a good day. So literally, he's like, wake up in the morning and say, today's going to be a wonderful day, and then you're just going to have a good day. So just always thinking positively and always trying to find the positive side of the, every situation. Because if you focus on the negative, it just kind of shuts you down. And I don't like being shut down. So always focus on the positive. Yeah. That and I'm a leader. I'm a leader. There you go. <laughs> um, great. Um, so just, I guess, my last question for you is, you know, what are what are some of the things that perhaps people don't get to see behind your success? Because mm-hmm. I think it's important that we all share, like, our triumphs and, and when we thrive. But it's also important to share our moments of struggle and, mm-hmm. and um challenges because I think those are the moments where we actually mm-hmm. learn and that's where you figure out who you are and and what you're really willing to like push mm-hmm. so what what are some of the challenges you've personally overcome or have impacted your life this house was a challenge in itself mm-hmm. uh-huh. um like I said nothing in this house was ever straight nothing was ever coming out right um even where like simple things like my double ovens that was like a struggle because I only had certain space to fit my double ovens and all the cabinets that I wanted weren't going to fit there. So then I had to modify other things. But one of my former students was, I called him and I was like, look, I need help. I need you to design my kitchen. So my kitchen is designed by a former student. Nice. But this house taught me that 
And in life in general, I guess life has taught me that you adapt. You can't just set in your ways. You have to adapt to change. Um, it's literally in this house. I learned so many things. Um, just, just thinking back to the history of how it all started. And it was one of the most stressful times in my life. I can literally tell you that. Um, so that year was very stressful. Cause like I said, I had taken on the debt of this house. I had a payment I had to make cause I had used all my savings to buy the house. I'd been wiped out and I literally didn't know how this was going to work, but God worked miracles. And money started just working out. We, Like I said, we went way over the budget. Um, it was like problems would just arise. We'd literally be in the store four times, five times a day. My dad would be in the stores. We were just really stressed. Um, towards the end of the project, I was like, if you want to paint the house purple, I don't care. I'm exhausted. I don't care about anything. Um, but once we finished it, I was like, okay, this is like, we're done. Those were probably the most stressful years of my life. I don't think I've lived... I don't think I've had challenges. Um, if I've had them, I haven't seen them that way. I've seen them as kind of like life lessons. I've never, I can't ever say like I've had a struggled life. Um, and that's very privileged of me. And I understand that. And that's just my positive thinking. Because if I... Today's going to be a good day. Exactly. Today's <laughs> going to be a good day. We have to look at everything positively. Um, and that's how I hope to continue to live my life. Just, you know, taking these life lessons and applying them and modifying them and making them better. Exactly. I have no more questions. No, I actually think this is a beautiful place to wrap up. Mm -hmm. I feel like we made it full circle. I yeah. know. The universe. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you. And that's a wrap on our first yeah. person. Woo! Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you'd like to share your chisme with us for a chance to be featured on the podcast, send us an email at chismeconcorazon at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 929-333-2752. As always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and leave a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. Adios chismosas!